Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! It's time to get this party started. Booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty. It's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. Okay, we are now recording. Give me a countdown when you're ready, Sharms. Yeah, here's a countdown. Three, two, one. I'm so excited, not just for our guest today, but I'm so excited to have our first bonus edition podcast in a while. But I'm even more excited that so far, listeners, so far, Craig Forrest's internet has been pretty good. Pretty good. Don't try again, Craig. Ready for this? One, two, three, four, five. Sick. Oh, nice <laughs> yeah. He's taking the piss. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jimmy's here as well. Wong is in the background there somewhere. Um, so, so we had a brand new derby to help kick off the Canadian Premier League season this weekend, and it was a, a win against New Boys Vancouver for Pacific. And today we are very happy, delighted to welcome Pacific head coach James Merriman to the bonus edition podcast. James, welcome, welcome to the pod. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And James, nice to meet you. And and Craig, I think I met Craig once on uh, on the BC ferry going over from the island to Vancouver. I, I'm probably I think like 15, 20 years ago um, by chance, and uh, introduced myself. I didn't know who I was, but it was uh, it was great to meet you. Um, but officially, nice to meet you guys, and thanks for having me on the show, Jimmy. I was waiting for the call up. If uh, if I got a chance, I know you guys been on here for a little while. And, pop in once in a while to try and hear the banter of course we had to get you on isn't he a beautiful looking man he's like an oil painting that's why we had to get you on i told you he is now the second best looking guy in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) hey i want to ask craig craig Craig, do you you must remember meeting james right 15 years ago on on the ferry right maybe longer maybe maybe 20 years 20 maybe 20 maybe i don't know a long long time ago james did he blank you or did he talk to you He's with his no, parents. He was like he six. Was Craig wearing his Canada shirt with Forrest on the back? <laughs> no, no. Did he have okay. his, did he I, have I his super glove done? I don't know why he was. I don't know why he was on the island. I can't remember what was going on. But my dad lives on Vancouver Island. He lives in uh, just north of Nanaimo, so from your hometown. He's he's been there okay. for years. He loves okay. Vancouver. Okay. So that's the reason. That's the reason. Okay, James. Um. So the weekend it, it looked like a derby. Did it feel like a derby? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I was impressed with our fans. I mean, we had a great we had a great turnout, and I know Jimmy's been there in the first season when um, there was the beer gardens was right behind where all the players are and the technical staff and and that area. And then because of the hydro pull, um, BC Hydro took that took that section away from the fans, and it, you know it, it only opened up the other three sides, but. In our match, that that whole beer gardens was back, and and players were lined, or I mean, sorry, fans were lined across along the fence as long as the stands uh, were packed. And then 
you know, I think Vancouver had maybe 100, 150 uh, uh, people in a section there as well. So the atmosphere was was really impressive. It was amazing for our first match, for sure. Hey, James, tell, tell, uh, tell us how difficult it is when you're playing against a brand new team, a new squad, you don't know much about them tactically. How nerve-wracking is that as a manager going into your first match of the season? trying to give the players the information and trying to paint a clear picture of what we're walking into, um, especially with the expectation to win the match. I mean, you, you're playing a, a, an expansion side, a, a new team. Um, we want to show well. We, we had a really good preseason. We felt strong and felt confident going into the game, but we don't know how they were going to set up structurally. We don't know which players are going to play in what, what positions. I, I know you saw Caden Chung played central midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that part, we just focus on ourselves and, and give give the best that we can to, to the group, but really try to get the mentality to focus on what we've been working on, what we want to do. You know, James said the biggest challenges that you guys have, maybe it's still a very new league. Um, every year uh, with the experience that you guys get, um, which is also a development league for coaches, if we talk about players, but also for coaches and guys like yourself, what do you find is the biggest challenge year on, year out when – uh, is it recruitment? Um, what is it exactly you find uh, challenges you the most in the off season? Yeah, probably recruitment and working within the salary cap, um, trying to figure out the, the contracts. I mean, we we adjusted the salary cap quite late uh, publicly, also. So going into conversations with players was was challenging over the the winter break, and then trying to figure out how to to get as much quality in in our twenty three man squad as possible staying in those, those, you know, it's quite tight at, at times. It can get there quite quickly. Um, and then also, you know, you have the under 21 rule and it can be challenging. And I know that's, uh, as you said, it's a development league and we want to make sure that we have good young players get on the field, but trying to take everything into account, uh, also find a spot for maybe one or two U sports players. So uh, there's quite a few things that go into the off season. Absolutely. And I've been lucky. Rob and Josh have let me really be close to that since day one. Um, so I have a good understanding of it. But, you know, we've already I'm, I'm the third manager. I'm the third head coach. So there was existing contracts when I when I took over the position. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of things going into the offseason. There's no Christmas, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, you, you had a tough I mean, as far as work-wise, you had to replace Alejandro Diaz, had to replace Michael Bustos. I mean, that's not easy, but you did it no. with, with some, some name brand players in Canadian Premier League uh, parlance. Uh, you know, Angora comes in, Mane comes in, Reed comes in. I mean, you had, you had a busy summer, but it seems like a, a really successful summer. Or winter, should I say? <laughs> Get confused there. I think so. You know, I think so. We'll see. I think all those players have different stories. They have different reasons why... They wanted to come back, especially Adonijah. I, I know you guys might know him from the East Coast there and how, how quickly he was going. And then he had a bit of a difficult spell down in Miami and he almost just didn't look like he's enjoying his football. So that's, that's the first thing for him is I'm trying to get him to enjoy it again, enjoy the game, see if he can get back into his form. And the same with Kakuda. He just ran into injuries and finally decided to, to get surgery on his shoulder um, a year ago and then was dropped. So, you know, some of those stories, those, those guys are, are ambitious still. They're hungry. They're not, they're not old. Adonijah's 23, 24, and, and Kakuta's only 28, I think turning 29. So 
there's still a lot in front of them. And then Easton Guerra is the same same type of story. He kind of bounced around. He tried to go to Europe and then went to the Whitecaps. He got in, started a game against LA Galaxy, came out at halftime, and that was it. So everybody's got their own reason why they're in the CPL. <clears throat> I think that's our job to try to get them to enjoy and play their best football and get them to form and wherever they want to go. Is it important, do you think? I mean, you know, obviously CPL being what it is, there's going to be uh, a lot of players leaving each year, trying their trade elsewhere in other leagues, maybe bigger leagues, who knows, right? Different parts of the world. Um, but keeping that that door open and never burning bridges and saying, yeah, you go and explore and see what's out there, but but know that if you're quality, there's always a place for you here. Yeah, I think for us at Pacific, it's been clear. I mean, you know, Craig and, and Jimmy and well, James as well, you guys know Josh and Rob and their stories and their backgrounds and why they got involved in the Canadian Premier League, why they've created this club. And, and I know that because I was in those original conversations and we want players to come in and to, to use the club, use the league to get to wherever they want to go. And I think it's important that, that we keep those good relationships. And if there's an opportunity to bring players back, I think that'll be great for the fans as well. You know, if, if a Lucas McNaughton or a Marco Bustos or a Alejandro Diaz can go away, have a, have a great career or, or, you know, get some experiences that they want to get out of the game and then come back for a season or two, we would never want to close those doors. Locally in, in Victoria itself, uh, how are they uh, embracing the team? Have you seen some growth there? It's a beautiful setting where the, where the stadium is. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Like, we've always seemed to have this amazing turnout for the first match, and we've had that right from the start. And then I think it's kind of those mid-season games, some of the mid-week games uh, that can become challenging. I think that the time of the day, uh, the weather, there's, there's a few things that need to come into to play. But I'm hoping that this season, our fifth season, away from COVID as well, that it can be our best, our best season in terms of support and connection with the fans. And, um, you know, there's no changes in the schedule. It's been out there for a while now. Uh, that's, that's the first in a while also where we haven't had any challenges because of COVID. So I'm hoping this can be the best year. Yeah, this is, this is, so Jimmy, go ahead. You're jumping in there. No, I was going to say for, for people that have never been to Victoria, it's one of, one of the most beautiful places I, I've ever been. It's gorgeous out there. Where, where's that place that we normally stayed up, up on the mountain there? Bear Mountain. Bear Mountain. What a spot that is. Forrest, you ever been there? I have. I have never. It's a golf course there, right? Yeah. 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 I've never played the golf course, but I've uh, I've seen it. It's unbelievable. I remember talking to the guy. I think we were out there. When was it? In September, October, something. Towards the end of the season. I think it was one of the last games of the season that we were playing. I said to the guy, I was like, I said, when do you guys wrap up? You guys got to be closing up and shutting down the golf course pretty soon, eh? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, <laughs> don't you shut it down for a few months? He goes, we maybe shut it down for a week. He goes, that yeah. is it. He goes, our weather is perfect. We golf all year round. Everybody yeah. looks so happy. They're outdoorsy. <laughs> then you come back to Toronto. You're miserable. It's dark. It's cold. <laughs> I just moved into the bottom of Bear Mountain, Jimmy, like a Did year you? ago. So, oh, yeah. man. I'm yeah, telling you. So one beautiful. day I'm going to retire there. I'm going to retire there one day. <laughs> Bring your clubs. Is that, uh, do you think, from a recruitment standpoint, when it's just getting players to come to the island and just see it for themselves, and when they see that, what a lifestyle they can have there, that must be quite a draw, I would think. I think so. The other thing that I've heard a lot is it's not the busiest. It's not downtown Toronto or, or downtown Vancouver. So um, 
for some of our younger players, they've, they, they don't mind that it slows down a little bit and they can focus on football and there's not as many distractions. Um, so that I've, I've also heard that, but yeah, once you, once you spend some time here, you start to, you start to really love it and fall in love. You got to go and find places though. There's a, many hidden gems so take <laughs> yeah. some time um and like i said downtown's a little bit quiet so you got to find other things to do that's, a little that's, bit that, that's good though it's better, <laughs> that's better though for for the younger players as well oh right? jimmy piss off jimmy i'm telling you Re- rewind a few years when you were like 22 years old yeah but I, I was playing in big cities and then even in toronto like the, the guys are showing up to games and they're in their club gear going out <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're ready to hit the city. You might even be on the heli jet into Vancouver for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait. I mean, Victoria is a little hidden gem for a night out, by the way. It is. Uni- it the is. universities there, Jimmy, at 22, we could find lots of trouble in Victoria. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. true. It's I went true. with James to one bar there. I can't remember what it was called, but the place was Big wrong. Bad John's. Big Bad John's. You got to see yeah. the state of this place. It's like walking into an old saloon, peanuts everywhere, bras all over the place. (laughs) Bras all over the ceiling, yeah, yeah. That's like Jimmy's apartment. Okay, good to hear. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about uh, your your goalkeeper situation. Obviously, Callum Irving leaves um, for your rivals, but you have Emil Gazdorf you've given the gloves to. He's 19 years of age. Now, now Craigle, obviously, knows this better than than me. You know, it's, It's rare that you see such a young goalkeeper. Um, you know, mm-hmm. getting meaningful minutes. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Emil Gazdorf? I will, and I'm, I'm curious Craig's thoughts also. Um, but Emil, I, I actually had and I worked with for two years, three years at the Whitecaps in the youth. Um, and I have a story, like uh, we were in a tournament in Sweden, and uh, whenever the games, there were little 40-minute games, it was U14 or U15, and it had to be decided with penalties because uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't finish on a tie and he's amazing he, he's just got a, a great talent a great eye on, on penalties quick off his line and he was on the bench and we went into penalties and the boys are looking at me the my assistant is mike d'agostino who's the first assistant with the white caps right now and he goes yeah we gotta we gotta try and get a meal in so we bring him in cold off the bench like you know there's lots of fans and scouts and all the all the teams are lined around the fence everybody loves a, a shootout penalties um <laughs> And we put Emil in cold and, and, you know, I just remember making the change uh, and he comes and he looks at me, he, he pops in, loves the, the situation, makes a save. We win the penalty. I think, I think it was maybe he was 13, 14 years old. It was against Bashitas. And, but just the way he's got like this very calm inner belief in himself. Um, that's really impressive. And he, he had it then. Uh, his dad was like a Bulgarian national team rower. And uh, he's, he's amazing. He's an amazing character. And he, he works incredibly hard. He's quite quiet. He just goes about his business. And I've always seen a, a big, big talent in there. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you need an opportunity. So we've decided to, to support him here at, at Pacific. And this wasn't just by chance. You know, this was in the plans to give him, to give him this opportunity. I think it's his third or fourth professional season now. We sent him on loan to Germany for two years. Um, and I think I think he needs an opportunity to play matches. That's he's at that that point in your development where you need professional games. Otherwise, I don't know how you get those experiences, how you learn. 
I think that's one of the biggest problems in Canada really is getting those opportunities. We see plenty of goalkeepers and even out players for that matter that are, you know, show talent, show that they have that um, ability if they just get that opportunity. Um, some won't make it, of course. Many won't make it. But uh, I mm-hmm. think at 19, for somebody being a goalkeeper to get that experience and by the time, if he can get regular games, by the time he's like 22, 23, um, yeah. he's going to be well ahead of the game. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's the one good thing with the league as well, that these young Canadian kids do get this, these opportunities um, and they get a chance to play. And for me personally, I would rather have a young Canadian, 19 years old, give him an opportunity than, than rather go out and get a, an average foreign player to come in and, and take a young Canadian spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there is a lot of foreigners in the league that maybe should be replaced by these young Canadians and give them opportunities to play and, and, and be successful. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna sorry we're, we're just gonna have to make sure that we're there. If he, you know, he's gonna have some difficult matches for sure. Um, he's he's gonna be challenged. He got off to a great start. It's a, it's a debut. It's a clean sheet. One one big save that that came off the set piece that kind of came out of out of nowhere. Um, but he was there when when asked. He was quite calm on the ball. So he takes a lot of confidence from the first game. But I think he has all the tools. Six foot four, six foot five. Good hands. Good feet. Um, you know, big, big potential, big potential mm. for sure. It's a good point though, but how, how do you deal with a young, a young guy, like 19 year old goalkeeper when he does have that, that poor run of games? Do you treat him the same as you would any other goalkeeper or is it going to be a little bit different? Is it leash longer? He's, I mean, he wouldn't be where he is if he wasn't, he, he's incredibly hard on himself already. So I don't think that, that we need to be concerned. I need to be concerned with, you know, if he makes a, a simple mistake, he's taking that feedback. He's, he's, assessing it already himself um i'm just i'm just going to continue to have the same relationship i've always had with him and uh and treat him no different he's he's gonna he's gonna break down his mistakes he's gonna know and then i think we just need to keep building his confidence and see the bigger picture um and 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 i always say that to our center backs too we have two great experienced center backs with thomas marriage and amir didich said guys you need to get around emil you know when he makes a save you need to be there for him um, and he's going to build that relationship and connection with you. And, and I think it's happening already. It's going to take some time, of course, but mm-hmm. nine, 19 years old, like it's, it's exciting, right? Yeah. That's one of the things I found when I was that age. And when I went to Colchester United on loan, when I was, I guess, 19, and I had two center backs that were mid thirties. So that's a mm-hmm. massive age difference. I mean, they're basically, you know, I'm a kid playing with men and yeah. the communication with them, I found, I wasn't sure what to say to them. Like, I, I didn't want to say the wrong thing, you know, even just the basics, hold up, like hold your line, get out, attack it, you know, away, all these different things. Like communication for me was probably the most difficult thing to get around as, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, it's more difficult than people think. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's what, that's what Emil's uh, biggest challenge is right now. Yeah, it's true though. And it, it you know, and you're right what you're saying, James, those, those older experienced guys, they play a massive role. And that's part of their job is to, to help the young guys. And I, and I even look back at myself when when I got into the team, I was a young, young kid, my first pro game. And I was I was so nervous. I didn't want to make a mistake. And when I did make a mistake, my head was down. And I was like, fuck, I can't I can't I can't make another mistake. But it was the older guys coming around, putting their arm around me, saying, don't worry, buddy, you're going to make mistakes. Let's get on with it. We'll get through this. And. So they do play a role to help you with your confidence and help you settle down as a as a young player as well. Or or you get the older guys and they tell you, "What the fuck are you doing? 
Pull your finger out of your ass, Jimmy. I did. You I need had a that, too. that was like that. Just <laughs> hammering me all the time. <laughs> well, I maybe, think you need both. Maybe, James, you can tell Emil, you know, from Craig and Jimmy's example, you know, if, if he makes the right decisions and, and it goes to the right clubs eventually, he too could, could be hosting a Canadian-based podcast when he's like 75 years of age. So uh, there's a there's a pathway to where we're at here and it comes from the CPL and, and playing yeah. young minutes. Yeah, it's a bright future. <laughs> yeah, look, at, look how happy we are. Yeah. <laughs> we, we rarely weep. Only once a day. Um... <laughs> James, yourself, I mean, listen, it's refreshing and it's, it's not often over the years that young Canadian coaches get an opportunity. It, it really isn't. You know, you're doing a great job there. Um, what about your pathway? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to ship you off just yet <laughs> anywhere. But I mean, you're, you're a young guy. You've got your whole career ahead of you, really. Um, do you have a plan in place? I mean, I, I do. But I think, uh, like you said, I'm a young, I'm a young manager. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm thankful to have the opportunity I have. I don't know if I'd be able to get a head coaching role, a senior team, if, if there wasn't for the Canadian Premier League and a team on Vancouver Island. You know, I grew up playing with Josh Simpson and, and, uh, and we became good friends. He's a, he's a couple of years older than me, but he knows the journey I've been on when I transitioned from, from playing to coaching. That was not, that was not an easy time for me. And that took, you know, three, probably three years for me just to wrap my head around, around that situation that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to have an opportunity to play and I wasn't going to be able to find a place to play. And I was injured and pretty low to be honest. And, uh, started putting a lot of time into coaching. And the first thing I, I did was really tell myself that I'm not going to make the same mistakes I made as a player. Um, cause I think I was, I was talented, but, but very undisciplined. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was in a really good place at the Whitecaps. I was enjoying what I was doing with the youth. I was, I was having some success, and, and uh, we were having some young players that were progressing through and signing contracts. And I thought, you know, this, this was something that was giving me a lot back out of the game. And, um, and I was getting a lot out of that opportunity, and I was having a good conversation with John Herdman about the youth national teams. And I thought that was kind of my path is, is working with the youth. And then the Canadian Premier League opportunity came out of nowhere. And I literally met Josh downtown Victoria for a, for a beer. I think a year before him and Rob decided to start to move this thing along. Um, and he said, hey, I might need you in a year. So, okay, like, you know, just kind of smiling, laughing. And it was a five-minute conversation. He had to fly in and fly out for a meeting. And I uh, said, well, you let me know. I'm, I'm here. I'm in Vancouver. And then uh, it just happened quickly. And then, and then I took this opportunity. So for me... You know, I'm taking it one year at a time, um, one one week, one day at a time, and and I do I do of course have vision and goals of what I would like to do, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I know I know I am a young young manager. I'm thankful for where I'm at right now, and I I can learn I can learn a ton, and I've already learned a lot. You know, just from one season last season being thrown into the fire, um, quite late. You know, I, I took the job as the head coach kind of at the end of January last year, so. I had, I had about a month, not even two, two, three weeks before players started showing up for preseason. Um, it's so just that pretty, experience alone. It's pretty difficult to have a plan in coaching. I think, you know, you're right. You got to take it, you know, time by time because it's just such a volatile position being a coach. So yeah, like yeah. you said, you can have your vision of what you want to do, but it might end up being completely different than you would expect. So being flexible and nimble is about the best thing you can do. Absolutely. 
the the ownership structure is a little bit odd though right having two teams in the same kind of structure above those two teams is it i mean weird's the wrong way obviously it's probably a, a modern way of how you can you know get stability i think in in leagues um but is it ever come up in meetings are you ever in the same kind of meeting as your, your, your rivals there in vancouver no, I got to give credit to those guys. They've done a great job of dividing it. I mean, I when with Pacific, I was daily on you know, on the phone with Rob Friend, and then as soon as Vancouver's come up and and it's really started to to move and and he started to build it out, he really separated. And uh, it's just now it's the odd text with a bit of banter, um, <laughs> maybe maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, and it's it's about you know Formula One or it's about something completely off Pacific and uh, Josh Simpson has stepped up as the president with Pacific and Rob is with Vancouver and they've done a great job. I think they've done a great job of separating the two. Until, until the point where you're both after the same player. Yeah. <laughs> then it's going to be paper, paper, rock, scissor. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Probably next Christmas. Yeah. We, maybe we'll take a month off from conversation, but yeah. <laughs> What do you make of the new format there? Five clubs in the playoffs and, and more emphasis very much in the regular season th this year with, with prize money and uh, a trophy and trying to make that more um, more impactful, more important. Obviously, I think the playoffs are still the biggest thing, uh, but still, what do you make of that? I mean, I love that the, the league is going to become the focus to win the league. Uh, it's the biggest body of work, but I, I was happy with the playoffs last year, the format last season, personally. I know I, I I told KJ that he wasn't wasn't too happy, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, th I thought last season was was good. I thought we were the top four teams in the league, and and I think you had a you know a really competitive semifinals and and a final, and Forge Forge won it, and I thought Forge was probably the top team last season overall. Um, but okay, five teams. I guess I guess it's a little bit more more exciting, more opportunity, and. And uh, I am happy that, that, you know, you can get to the Champions League through three different ways, winning the league, winning the, you know, the playoffs or Canadian Championship. And that's, that's the focus for us. After watching the, the first week, weekend of, of matches getting underway, was there any teams that you've watched and thought, oh, they're not bad, they've, they've impressed me a little bit? I don't know, Jimmy. I mean, it's, it's tough to say. It's the first match. It's, you see all these little simple mistakes you see you see you know not not quite that cleanness and that that rhythm and form within the team so it's it's difficult i think forges you you always need to respect just the quality that they have in the squad yeah um, you know they they they've got a lot and um i think cavalry i give tommy a lot of credit just for the you know the intensity and and the fight that they bring every single game consistently so i think those two teams are always going to be there and then with the rest, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's tough to take too much away from the first match. Uh, I think I, I was happy with the way that we, the way that we played, the, the ideas that you know what we tried to implement. I was happy with our group, uh, but I think yeah. we need more time. I, th I think when when watching the, the games over the weekend, I thought the Calvary uh, Forge match I thought was a, a, an entertaining match as well. I thought you guys played some great football. Um, I was impressed by Valor as well. I thought Valor looked, mm -hmm. they looked decent. They had a lot of energy, they pressed well. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be an interesting season this year. I think it'd be a, a 
you know, the, the usual suspects yourself, Forge and Calvary, and then I can see Valor sneaking up there as well. I agree. And I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, I think it could be the most competitive season for sure. I think so. For yeah, sure. I for agree. Sure. You, you spoke so respectfully there of Tommy and Calgary, um, you know, but this time next week, you might hate them. You got them back to back coming up on Thursday. And, and, he hates them already. <laughs> he hates them already. <laughs> we have big games. We've all, we've always had big games with Calgary and 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 with Tommy. And I don't know. I've I you know I coach against Tommy in youth, and uh, I've got a great relationship with Tommy. But as soon as as soon as we get onto the pitch and in the technical areas, yeah, those games they've been, they've been our biggest rival since the start. Um, mm. Maybe just because it's the closest we've had until now, Vancouver. But uh, yeah, we've had some some big matches for the fans, for the for the you know the neutral. Um, some great games. Hey, tell us about those journeys to Halifax. That must be a pain in your ass. You probably look at that schedule and just go, "Oh, good God!" Any horror stories? Well, we were there for the hurricane. Um, you know that was that was. <laughs> After that travel and then the hurricane, we flew into the hurricane for, for the match. I don't know uh, what, what was happening there, but we'll go into it. But yeah, we, we flew into that. But, you know, even you know what it's like on the road, Jimmy, sometimes early morning getting up for, for breakfast and, and looking at the boys' faces in Halifax. I'm like, okay, are we going to be up for training today? Are we going to be up for the match? And uh, it's, it's difficult to, to put, you know, heavy demands of expectation and performance when that, there's no way around that. That's a tough, that's a tough trip. Um, and I think we did it on the back of a CONCACAF trip last season where I don't know if it was Costa Rica or we were in Jamaica and then we went there and then we went to Toronto or then we went to Winnipeg and, you know, looking at the, the player's face, you try to just ignore it and, and keep moving straight forward through it. And uh, it can be a challenge. There's no direct flights to Halifax. Is there from Victoria? There's no direct flights anywhere from Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we get Air Canada, there's like one flight to, to Toronto. Um, do, do yeah, you go, in, in Halifax, do you fly straight out or do you have a, a night there at least? Oh, we have we have to stay there, um, but usually our, our flight's pretty early, so you got to be oh, careful. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a fun town. Uh, <laughs> You, you mentioned your trip south, you know, the CONCACAF games. I mean, that, that must be such a great learning experience for a lot of these players as well. And just getting used to, used to CONCACAF football, right? I mean, we've, we often talk about it on, the, on this show, how different, what a different beast it is compared to what it a is. lot of players are used to. It was good for our organization, to be fair. It was, it was good for the professionalism of everyone, our, our entire staff, um, just with keeping up with the rules and regulations and the demands of what was the expectation of hosting a match. Uh, the expectation of, of being a visiting team in a CONCACAF match. I thought the, the referees, the officials were excellent. Um, That's a first. You know, yeah, Jesus, really. That's a first. Let's <laughs> Wonga, can you, can you get this time code and keep that? But Jimmy, I mean, I mean, it, it was, uh, they were just, it was, it was a different experience for sure. We're working with the, those referees. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a great experience for our staff, for our players, for, for our young players the Canadian boys um, that, that are really looking for that experience, especially the Herediano match. Um, Cause it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty impressive environment that we played in front of and their fans were, their fans were incredible. Yeah. 
Well, listen, James, a really great chat. We'll, we'll do this again. Um, you're always welcome on this show. Good luck. It's been a great start to the season. Wong has uh, appeared, so Wong has got questions, I know. No, yeah, I was, I, it was one. more of a comment. It was more oh, really? of a comment then. <laughs> no, okay. um, four above average looking Caucasian men. I was just thinking what a racist business this podcasting world is. No, it is. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Sexist too. Sexist too. That's right. Yeah. All the ists. We're all the ists here for sure. <laughs> no, James, thanks so much, mate. Really enjoyed this. That was great. And, and good luck against Calgary first time and the second time the next week or so. Thank you, guys. Oh, Thank thanks you. for getting up at six thir- six yeah, in the morning. No kidding, that's great. Uh, he's he's and, been and up for hours. Anything like for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. Cheers, James. Cheers, guys. Thanks, thanks mate. Good to see you that's guys. James Thank Merriman, you. head coach of Pacific FC. Yeah, CPL kicked off last weekend, and uh, some really, really compelling matches. Some great goals, by the way. Really good goals. So I think it bodes really well for for like James said there, guys. Um, maybe the most competitive CPL season to date on year five, Jimmy. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. I think uh, you know everybody's built their squads. They, um, you know, watching that first weekend, I thought there were some great games. Um, and like James says, yeah, it's the first weekend. You know, there's there is some silly mistakes that happen being the first match, but I think overall, I think we we got a taste of what's what's expected this this year, and I think it's going to be a a very good season for the CPL. Fellas, can I ask one CPL question before we jump? And that would be. What's the perfect number of teams in Canada for this league? Because it's would, at eight. I, I know they're say, growing. I would say 12. You like 12? 12 is a number. Where, yeah. are there, where are there places? I know they're going into Quebec, right? Laval? Yeah, Quebec. You need definitely need a team in Quebec. I think you probably have two out there. I think eventually. Saskatoon, maybe. Saskatoon, Kelowna. Mm. Kelowna, yep. you're hearing rumors. And what about uh, North, more, more Toronto? Oh, Kitchener. Kitchener, yeah. I think you could have a couple of teams in, in Toronto if they did it right. And what are you trying to get as far as uh, turnstiles? Like 10,000 per game? That would be the optimal? Oh, that'd be nice. But Ooh, even, boy. even just getting a couple thousand would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did break the numbers, right? They broke the attendance record for the first weekend. They had over 20,000. Just yeah. saw one of those CPL releases, right? Like, there's a few teams that get really good, like Calvary get good, good fans. Uh, Hamilton does as well, but the only problem is Hamilton's playing in that big stadium, and if it was a smaller stadium, then it would look much better. Um, Ottawa, they seem to be growing as well. Their their fan base, which is fantastic to see. Um, and Halifax, Halifax, obviously, they they always have good fans, and then just over time, you, we've got to see how Vancouver FC does. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you know, we'll make a commitment to cover a lot of CPL this, this year. Whenever we get CPL guests on this show, they're always good interviews, great interviews. It's very refreshing because there's no freaking ego, right? There's nothing like that, right? It's just like no. pure football people who, who love the game and are here for the right reasons. So uh, we'll keep doing that. Some great guests. We have Mark Noonan coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, hopefully, um, the, the CPL commissioner, and uh, a list of, of other great names from around the league. So James Merriman, thank you so much. As I mentioned, they uh, they played Calgary not once but twice in the in the cup and in the league the next week or so. All right, we're back on Wednesday night. This has been Footy Prime the Podcast Bonus Edition. We need to get a funny uh, bonus edition opening and closing from JC. Okay, Wonga, let's put it on the list. Let's do that. 
bonus edition, bonus edition, edition, edition. It's a bonus edition. You love that. Uh, we'll get JC, yeah? Yeah, JC. Yeah. <laughs> Keep playing yeah. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Give me a countdown when you're ready, Sean. It's bigger than this. I'm so excited. Yeah. Give me a countdown when you're ready, Sean. Excited to have our first bonus edition podcast in a while. Give me a countdown when you're ready, Sean. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Give me a countdown when you're ready, Sean. Yeah, this countdown. So much. We need to get a funny uh, bonus edition opening and closing for JC. Okay, we're gonna put on the list. Uh, we'll get JC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to get a funny uh, bonus edition opening and closing for JC. Okay, we're gonna put on the list. Let's do that. Let's do that. Are you loud and clear? Let's try. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Excited to have our first bonus edition podcast in a while. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. Bonus edition. It's a bonus edition. Keep buying yeah. newspapers. <laughs>